Okay, so we begin together a, a new sermon series. And this is a series that focuses on the, the, the person who is at the center of our faith, the one who, more than that, is the central point of the universe, the one who was. The agent of creation. You know, the one who was present all the way through the Old Testament. The one who became man. The one who lived this this perfect life. The one who died on a cross. The one who was raised to life. The one who ascended to his father's right hand. The one who reigns eternally. The one who calls people from all places, at all times, to repent of their sin and to be born again in Him. This is a sermon series about the Son of God. This is recognizing Jesus, the offices and the natures of Christ. And and given that uh, surely... uh, I hope our desire is through this sermon series and through his word that that each of us here will come to a sort of greater understanding of Jesus Christ. Then what more appropriate a place to begin than uh, in John chapter 20 and what you and I have just read together in scripture. Because you see, this this morning we're going to consider... This episode here, we're going to consider Mary at the tomb, an example of where a person seeks out Jesus Christ. And an example of of where a person is rewarded because of that with this kind of wonderful and, what would you call it? An intimate moment of recognition. That's what it is, isn't it? So, if you've got your your Bibles there, if you've got one of your church Bibles, if you brought one along, let's make sure it's open, please, and let's begin. And let's consider um, our first heading this morning, our, our first point. Let's consider here the earnestness that is required for recognition. Okay, that's our first point. Um, the earnestness that is required for recognition. Okay, so what have we got here in this portion of Scripture? What's the situation here? Well, I think you probably know. You know, Jesus Christ has died. He's been executed by the authorities. Then his body has been taken down off the cross. And then what happens? It's put in a tomb somewhere outside Jerusalem. And here, in these verses, what what we've got is where a follower of Jesus Christ, this is where Mary Magdalene goes to that tomb outside Jerusalem and where she looks for Jesus. Now, as we think about that, and we think about this first part of the, the passage, let's ensure that we notice a few things about 
How intently Mary looked for Jesus. Think about how intently she looked for him. Notice the first thing here. This is important. Notice that Mary stayed at the tomb when the disciples went home. Did you see that when we read through it? Mary stayed at the tomb when the rest of the disciples went home. You see that? And if your Bible is open, look at verse 10. Look at what it says there. It says that the disciples went back to their homes. Mary stood outside the tomb. Now you see, we read that sort of context. We read that from the beginning of the chapter. Because in verse 1, we're told that Mary went to the tomb. And she did so very early in the morning. And what happened when she got to the tomb was that she found that the entrance to this tomb was open. You know, the, 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 the tomb had been rolled away. So what does she do? Well, she goes and she gets Peter and John. And then all three of them return to the tomb. They get to the tomb. Peter and John are sort of inspect it. They go in and see what's going on. And then what happens? Well, then what happens is that Peter and John leg it. They boost. They, they go home. But notice, not Mary. The disciples go home, but she stayed at the tomb, looking, looking frantically, looking desperately for Jesus. Now think about that. Now that shows an incredible degree of, of, of love, doesn't it? Surely it's an incredible thing. She might have wanted to, but such was her devotion to Christ that she just couldn't, she just couldn't leave where his body had been laid. And she might not have fully understood what was going on here, and she clearly didn't. But she couldn't do what the other people had done. She couldn't leg it. She, she couldn't go. She had to stay put and just look at the posture that you find her in here. What does it say? Here's a woman who is bent over looking into the tomb. So picture it. You've got Mary staying put. And you've got her peering into the darkness, diligently looking for, searching for her Lord. But there's another thing to consider here about that sort of earnestness, isn't there? Because notice also, she didn't just stay put. As she searched, she cried. Didn't she? She cried. Now, Often in the Bible, when something is important, when the Holy Spirit wants us to see something very clearly, what happens? It's repeated, isn't it? In fact, to be honest, that is a a lesson that works all the way through our lives. In fact, I'm finding that uh, very obviously with my children at the moment. You know, if I want uh, Colin or Ellie Rose to understand something, I realise that I will have to say it to them, and then I will have to repeat it, and I will have to repeat it, and keep on repeating it. Well, just have a look at the text here. Look at it. The fact that Mary is crying, we're not just told that, it's not just mentioned. 
And get this, it's not just repeated once. Four times we are told that Mary was in tears here. Four times. She cried outside the tomb. She cried as she looked inside the tomb for Jesus' body. The angels speak to her and they they speak about her tears. Jesus speaks to her and he speaks about her tears. This is a woman who was distraught. This is a woman who was crying and she was crying uncontrollably. Why? Because she was desperate to see Jesus. She was aching to see and to experience her Lord. And so, this morning, I'm going to make a rather sort of bold call to the congregation of of London City Presbyterian Church. A bold call that we would experience a radical and a thorough reshaping of our attitude to church. Do you get me? That we would have a radical, a thorough reshaping of how we, we approach coming here Sunday by Sunday. You see, there's a pastor in the States. You probably have heard of him. He's one of these big guys, big names, you know, a pastor of one of these sort of mega churches in the States. And there's a guy called Matt Chandler. Good guy. And he's, the guy's regularly on Twitter. And what he does on the sort of build-up to the weekend services, to the Sunday services, he, he tweets. And what he does is he asks his congregation, he tells them to be what he calls prayed up in advance of the service. And friends, to the Christians here, I would sincerely ask you, in this sermon series, do you want to grow in Jesus Christ? Do you want to to know more about your Saviour? Do you have that Longing to have a sort of deeper, better relationship with Christ. Is that what you want? Do you have that longing? Well, if so, then, through this sermon series, I would ask you to change your approach to church. I would ask you to come here, Sunday by Sunday, prayed up. And I'd ask you, you know, to pray... Let's see, every single day, commit to praying about that coming Sunday service. I'd ask you to pray, especially on a Saturday night, that God would bless us the next day. I would ask you that the first thing that you do when you get up on a Sunday morning is bow and wrestle with God for, for, for his presence. I'd ask you that you pray that in here, through his word, in this sermon series, that as we study, as we think about Jesus Christ, that he himself would be here. Pray that Jesus Christ would speak to us and that we would recognize him for who he is.
And you know what? To the unconverted person here, to the person who's here this morning, and who's interested in Jesus Christ, but who is not a Christian, to you I would say exactly the same thing. Because, you see, very often we hear of people who have tried praying. Don't we? People say to us, but yeah, you know, I have prayed in the past, but nothing happened. I, you know, once years ago when I was a child, when I was much younger, I, I did ask Jesus Christ for, to forgive my sin, but, but nothing really happened. Is that you? Well, I would ask you to try that again, but this time to try in earnestness. You see, in this sermon series, don't just try and dip your toe into the water. Don't do that. Pray and plead with Jesus Christ that he would reveal himself to you and that you would see who he is. That he is the saviour. That he is God. You see, friends, what happened here in this chapter? Jesus revealed himself to Mary. Now, why did that happen? Because she sought him diligently. So I would say to you, change your approach to church. Let all of us change our approach to church and let us seek Christ. With these tear-filled eyes. Earnestness. The earnestness required for recognition. Okay, let, let's go back to, to, to the situation of the passage for a second. What, what, what happens next, if you like? Well, you know that situation... Um, I'm sure it's familiar to a lot of people. That's that situation where you're, you're in a rush. Let's say you're in a rush for work and you're frantically searching for your keys and you are going from room to room searching for them and you, you, you can't uh, find them. And it turns out that all along that those keys were uh, staring you squarely in the face. I'm sure you know that situation. I am forever doing that, whether it's with my keys or uh, with my mobile phone. Well, in, in some ways, I guess, you could say that that is what happens here. That's what happens next, isn't it? Because we've seen that Mary searches intently for Jesus. We're not questioning how earnestly she searches for him. But even when he appears, you know, even when Jesus is standing there and speaking to her, Mary doesn't recognize him for, 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 for who he is. She doesn't see what's staring, staring her squarely in the face. So let's, let's think about that in, in a second point, because we've seen the earnestness. Let's now think about the errors prior to recognition. The errors... Because there's a main question here, isn't there? That we kind of have to ask when we're reading it. Why did Mary not recognize Jesus? You're not asking that question? Why did Mary not recognize Jesus? There's a few things to think about. 
1. Notice that Mary might not have recognized Jesus properly because it was dark. It was dark. Now, we, we, we saw that a minute ago, didn't we? The beginning of the chapter, in verse 1, it says this. Just have a look. If you've, if you've got your Bibles open, look at verse 1. It says, Mary went to the tomb early in the morning. What's the next bit? Mary went to the, the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark. Now, perhaps, folks, maybe that uh, uh, as this figure appeared before Mary at the tomb, perhaps she just didn't recognize him because of that, because of the fact there was darkness there. And maybe that in itself should make up part of our prayer lives over the next few weeks, do you not think? That as we look for Jesus, that we should pray that God sheds light on the person of the Son. You know, that over the, the coming weeks, that we wouldn't see Jesus through the, the, the haze and, and, and through the, the darkness of our sin, but that we would see Jesus through the illumination of God's grace. Surely that should be what we pray. Maybe, perhaps, I don't know. Perhaps she didn't recognize Jesus because of the darkness. But, come on. Surely there has to be more to this lack of recognition than that. You see, secondly, there was also this misunderstanding about Jesus' identity, wasn't there? Um, When Jesus appeared, what did Mary think? Mary thought here was the gardener. Now, when I read that first, I thought that was almost funny. And it is almost funny, isn't it? It's almost humorous that uh, Jesus goes, uh, Mary goes to the tomb, she, she can't find Jesus, he appears, and Mary mistakes this, the risen, resurrected Lord Jesus Christ in his splendor. She mistakes him for a guy who, who should be covered in soil and you know who digs trenches and who sort of prunes rose bushes. It's 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 almost funny, isn't it? But I tell you this, we do the same thing, don't we? The world does the same thing when it comes to Jesus. We misunderstand the identity. We misunderstand the role of Jesus Christ. Think about it. Some people, who do they think Jesus Christ is? They think he is, well, just a sort of the focal point of one of the many major religions of the world. That's all he is. Some people will say that Jesus Christ is a teacher. Much of the religious world will say that Jesus Christ is a prophet. And nothing else. What are they doing? They're looking at Jesus Christ. And they are seeing him as a gardener. And again. Surely our prayer is that as we study Jesus Christ over the next few weeks. 
that we don't make that same mistake. That as we study him, that we learn more about his identity and his role. That as we study Jesus Christ, we see that he is not just a teacher. That he is saviour. That he is not prophet. He is prophet, priest and king. That we see that Jesus Christ is not a lowly gardener. That we see that he is Christ. That he is the son of the living God. So, Mary misunderstands Jesus' identity. She sees him as a gardener. But thirdly, and this is the, the big one. This is the main one here. Please consider Mary's gross lack of expectancy. Mary's gross lack of expectancy. Because did, did you see it when we're reading through it? What does Mary go to see? She goes to see a dead body. She goes to the tomb to see a dead body. She peers, bent over, peers in the darkness. Why? She's looking for a dead body. She speaks to the gardener. And what does she see? What have you done with the dead body? Despite all that this woman has seen over the years, she's followed Jesus despite all his teaching, despite all the miracles he's performed before her very eyes. There is a total lack of expectancy. She does not anticipate seeing the risen Lord. And to you this morning, if you're a Christian here, I would say to you, what do you expect to happen when you come in here? What do you expect to happen? Do you come here Sunday by Sunday with you know, electricity buzzing through your veins? Do you come here expecting to see the wonders of God in action? Or do you come here kind of rather grudgingly Tired, nonchalantly, as though Jesus were dead. Well, friends, we must, must pray for more faith. Because God is willing to change you. He is willing to, to, to alter and to transform this church. How and why? Because there ain't no corpse that's why. There ain't no cadaver. Jesus Christ is not dead. He is alive. And all too often when we come through those doors and we stand in church, we stand as Mary does here. You know, all too often we stand expecting to find nothing but a dead Jesus. When all the while, he's standing in our presence. And he is stand, standing willing to act if we will just recognize who he is and the amazing things that he can do. So I would say this sermon series, pray and pray for expectancy. Let's all pray for an increase in our faith. 
So we've seen the earnestness that we need. And we've seen the errors. Let's just conclude with a third thing. Let's think about the ecstasy that comes with recognition. The ecstasy. Okay, as we sort of bring this sermon into land, as we, as we uh, sort of conclude it, let's think about what happens at the end of this short portion of scripture that we're looking at. What happens at the end here? Well, Mary is, has got the tomb. She's searched for the body, hasn't found it. Then Jesus appears. Mary doesn't recognize who he is. But then, the story ends. And we are confronted with this really immensely touching and intimate scene where very gently, very lovingly, Jesus reveals himself to his follower, to Mary. So please consider the manner of this recognition. Think about how this comes about. Do you you see that in verse 16? How does it come about? Verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned around recognizing him for who he was. Jesus said to her, Mary. He spoke. Do you see it? The recognition of Jesus Christ comes through his word. And tell you, that's the reason that we're embarking on this sermon series, isn't it? That's the reason that over the next few weeks that we're going to be prayerfully digging into the deep and, and, and challenging things of Scripture. Why? Because it is here. It's in God's Word. It's in the Bible. That is where recognition of Jesus Christ comes. We recognize him through the Holy Spirit, through his word. But note, note what kind of word it was that brought recognition. What does he say to her? He says one word. Mary. It was a personal word, wasn't it? John 10 says, read this earlier on, it says, He calls, Jesus calls his own sheep by name. And they follow him. And I'll tell you this, it is the sincere hope of my heart that as we, as a congregation, pray together, and as we study scripture together, that that God would have a personal word to each and every one of us, but particularly so if you're not a Christian, if you don't know Christ as a saviour. Because, you see, the, the, the Jesus that the Bible tells us about, he is a, a, a glorious, glorious Lord. You know, the, the, the saviour that we're going to hear about, he is humble, and he is gentle. But I tell you this, he has got power beyond our wildest imagination. And, and he is loving and he is graceful. 
And he's a God that, that empathizes with your current situation. He empathizes with your weakness and with your, with your problems. He is a caring God. But he is also a God who has provided salvation for you. If you would just turn to him and see him for who he is. So, of course, the hope is that you, just like Mary here, that in this sermon series, that you hear Jesus speak your name. And I just want to end with one last final thought. This is it. Last thought. We, we, we get it, don't we? we? We see what goes on here. Mary understands eventually. And ends and she, she, she sees that it's her Lord. Imagine that. But consider what she does in response to this recognition. What does she do? She's recognized it is Jesus. He's alive. And yet yeah, we're told that, that she cries out and, and, and she hugs him. But what else? What does Jesus command her to do? Well, he commands her to go out. He commands her to tell other people, to go and tell other people the news that he is alive, that he is raised from the dead. And we've talked an awful lot this morning about hopes that we've got for this sermon series, haven't we? But I don't know, maybe above all, we should hope that due to a real encounter with Christ, that you and I, as Christians, would be equipped and prepared and readied to follow Mary. That we would be prepared to go out and tell people the good news that Jesus Christ is living. That Jesus Christ is alive, that that tomb was empty that Mary couldn't see him in there because he wasn't in there that we would be prepared to tell other tell other people the good news of salvation you see Mary's last words here in verse 18 are amazing and they are very very simple because all she says is I have seen the Lord. And I pray that through this coming sermon series that that would be our testimony. That we might be able to say, I have seen the Lord. Let's pray.